everyone, welcome to episode 63. This is Thomas Mooney, and you're listening to New Slang. Um, this episode right here, I am joined by two of the finest songwriters Lubbock has produced, Brandon Adams and Ross Cooper. Both have been really integral to what the, the modern sound of what Lubbock is. Um, they're as sure bets as like anyone you'll ever be told to listen to. Uh, which, if you're unfamiliar, go and check out their, their latest albums. Uh, Brandon, his last EP was On Through the Night. That's already a few years old now, um, which I don't want to like comment too much on since there's still like a lot of time between here and, and then. But uh, Brandon, when I talked to him, he did mention that you know he's, he's looking forward to recording some new material in the immediate future so be on the lookout for for something coming out next year from him uh that's all i'll say on that uh and with ross uh i've said it a hundred times now but if you haven't for whatever reason still haven't checked out his last record i rode the wild horses go and check it out it's really 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 great uh they were both in town this last weekend uh, they were judging the, the finals for the Blue Light Singer-Songwriter competition. And, you know, just as it goes, they uh, were doing a song swap at Blue Light the Sunday before. And so, yeah, we sat down to record this little conversation on, on songwriting before they did their uh, sound check. Uh, again, if you are on social media, you should follow me at underscore newslang on Twitter and on Instagram, uh, it's just new slang on Facebook. My email is newslang.editors at gmail.com. That's where you can reach out to me with any questions, comments, concerns, uh, or if you want to advertise on the, the podcast. And uh, I say it every week, five-star review on iTunes, please write a review, share it with all your friends, family, that kind of good stuff. So, yeah, okay, here is Ross Cooper and Brandon Adams talking about songs and writing and, and songwriting. I honestly don't have any problem with with that, <laughs> but it's just kind of funny. <laughs> okay, see, that's the... Are we starting? Yeah, we've already started. Oh, fuck. I mean, like, I can cut all this part, Yeah, cut but, all that off. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I do think, like, people people don't, they can't take the joke anymore. Like, you can still like somebody and poke fun sure. at what their image or whatever. Some of that shit. People they they just take straight to heart though. Yeah. Yeah. Let's officially start so I don't shit all over middle. Is it, is, do you do the <laughs> intro like, hey everybody, welcome to the new. There we go. Like, I, yeah, that's what I was yeah. waiting on. I do. Well, I don't do that here. I do that at home. Oh gosh. Gotcha. Because you think got, we'd know that kind of stuff? Yeah. No shit. Right. No, I've gotten. Now, like, at the very beginning, I would always just just ramble on, but now like I write it out and it, I feel like I figure. I can do it like in one take versus cutting it up or anything. Right. How I used to do. So I, I just do it all at home now. Yeah. Uh, but I write it all out. 
just to stay on point. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Mr. Uh, how many cuts this year did you say earlier? Four. <laughs> Can we start out with mirror mirror? <laughs> yeah, if you want to. Yeah, you've played it live, haven't you? You. I've only played it live probably two times. I but think I've heard you play it once. So yeah, Randall does such a good job with it. I, I feel like a chump getting mm-hmm. up there and crooning. <laughs> the country crooner. Country crooner. Hey, man, Randall King is good. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I didn't sing anything. Yeah, you know, all the, all the eight oh sixers I think are solid bunch of riders. You know, Ross here too. He's Brandon one of the here. Best. No. Yes. Oh, we're just gonna sit here all day and no, hey man, I don't know. No, 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 you're good. No, you're good. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, mirror, mirror. That was that was cool. You were saying, you know, all these Adriel Sixers, but I think we can all agree, like Randall probably has like the best voice. I don't want to go saying that kind of stuff, but I, I think maybe he's I got mean, the. I think it depends on what what you're singing. What, yeah, and what your kind of what your flavor is too. I mean. If they were singing each other's songs, but that which that came up in one of those conversations we were having out there. It's like, what if we just all went and uh, started recording each other's songs? What would you play? You know, and yeah. everybody kind of jumped on Shafter's music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want to yeah. play Seawall. Like, no, I want to play Seawall. So. Yeah, I, I think when you kind of separate the vocal from the songs um, and then add it back, it's like. Shafter, for example, those songs are so impactful because a they're great, but b his delivery is he just, it, he makes you feel those songs too. Mm-hmm. And not saying that um, somebody else couldn't, but I like when there's a really strong vocal paired with a really strong writing voice too. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of coming from that's the type of stuff that really pulls it out of you. And when you start thinking of guys that are at the the top, you know, the, the top echelon of songwriting. When you think of guys like John Prine and like for you know, I love Tom Waits. Um, or you know, everybody always talks about Guy Clark and Towns. You can't have a songwriting conversation without mentioning them. But it's there's there's something that's really impactful about those vocals singing those songs. Yeah, too. that's I think that's Randall has like a, why he's so strong. He knows that music well. He writes to his strengths. Oh, big time. And then it's cool to sit down with a guy like Randall and write songs like Mirror Mirror because it's in his wheelhouse and he's going to go take that song and kill it. And I've worked in the studio with Randall before and he is really good. I mean, like his vocal, like vocal wise, and you, yeah. I mean, you, you probably, he might be the best singer. Yeah. Well, I, I'm talking like, I think like if in a traditional sense, in like it could be 1930, 1940, 50, whatever. 1800s, you would go, oh, Randall, that, that guy can sing. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Totally. Versus, like, like, he would have been, you know, just on vocals alone. Yeah. Be signed somewhere, yeah. like, no matter the the generation, Agreed. you know, versus, like, you know, everyone, they obviously, everyone sings better than the average person. But, you know, obviously, like, Rock, or Randall could be singing Sinatra cuts totally. Yeah. You know, even we, though, like you know, what I'm if saying. that's what he wanted, yeah. yeah, he could, he could definitely. We wrote a song um, in Nashville a few months ago that uh, I think that they they had pitched and uh, wrote the song. The song was really cool, and I built a demo, and I sang a scratch on it, 
because I was wanting Randall, um, I was wanting Randall to sing it, and I uh, sent him and his manager what I had, and they're like, "Yeah, this is, man, this is cool." And I was like, "I want Randall in on on singing it." I was like, it, "He will, Randall's vocal on that song will sell the song way better than mine would have, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, and I still want him to sing on the song, um, but yeah, that guy could. He's one of those guys that can sing the phone book and, and like, you'd love to listen to it. Mirror, you know? mirror. I, dude, I sat on that idea for three years, and I showed countless other songwriters that, that like, I had the the first line or two, and then I had the chorus to mm-hmm. that, where it goes to that seventh. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had. And I showed it to, I don't know how many people, but they all were like, yeah, just, you know. But Randall, though, he's like, that's my stuff right there. So it, it kind of reminds me of um, the era of, of George Strait when he was cutting songs like, uh, what was that song? She Loves Me, but she doesn't, My Baby Loves Me, but She Don't Like Me Anymore, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that, that's that era, that's what it reminds me of. It, it, it's the same, it's kind of that same type of vocal, too. It's great, man. Yeah. It was originally cut, an idea for Danny Sodra. Oh, that would have been cool too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's why the, that's why you hear the Merle thing in there and everything because he's like the Merle guy, you know. Right. Yeah, and he, yeah. you know, it's hard. To he's a Chick Fil A guy now. Yeah, he's a Chick Fil A. It's crazy, Chicken Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay, on the Danny thing, the Chick Fil A stuff. It's uh, it, it couldn't. It would only happen to Danny. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. They wouldn't have given a shit about, like, our change. You know, right. we, you know we yeah. have so many Danny Sodra stories. Now, like, the whole world can see our right. our, our Danny that we know. The funny thing is, is the other dude in that ad, uh, you know, the cashier, his Danny impression is really good, too. <laughs> Everybody's oh, got fine. a Danny. He's like, so Danny came up and was like, well, hey, man. <laughs> and, yeah, in that commercial, yeah. too, that they did together, like, when Danny started talking, you could see him just laughing. Like, yeah. The same laugh that we all make when Danny starts talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it speaks so highly of, of, of what a good dude Danny is. No right. kidding. If they didn't give Danny, though, well, both of them, if they didn't give him a, a golden Chick-fil-A card, mm. you know, worth free Chick-fil-A for the rest of their life, something's yeah. the matter. Yeah, those two can open Chick Fil A on Sunday, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's gonna be people that will be a line around the building. We just came for the story and maybe an eight piece. Yeah, your change is safe <laughs> for sure. Um, going back to Shafter, uh, obviously he's got a new record coming out. Yeah, you sent us that link of it. Yeah, what do you guys think? I think it's you- awesome. I love it. Yeah. You know, he, uh, you mentioned how, to me, of, of a lot of the guys we know, he's one of those guys who is very specific on, you can only hear him singing that song, like you had kind of mentioned. Yeah. There's a lot of words that he'll use, you go, I, I can't hear anyone else mm-hmm. s- mention that, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of those songs on that new record, he mentions like The Wire in, in that song Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the, the, the only person who would mention yeah. Anything about the wire would be Shafter. <laughs> what a lot of language like that. What an interesting guy. Yeah, he's great. His phrasing too, I think, is pretty specific to, to mm-hmm. him too. Yeah. You what? notice how he doesn't write with anybody at the eight oh six retreats? <laughs> yeah. It's kinda oh, he did write with Randall the first year. Him and Randall and Larry Joe Taylor yeah. wrote a song and it was great. It was like half in Spanish. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. What what I remember 
is I won't mention the idea, the first idea they had. Mm-hmm. The first idea I actually liked a whole lot. Like, I thought the idea was up there with Mirror Mirror, but they just didn't go down that route. They, you know, pivoted on that, that idea and went to something else. And I, they went and cut it. Since it was a, a song they had written yeah. with Larry Joe, he was like, well, now go cut a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a demo of it. Which and, is really handy. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, Shafter, he, that first year, he had written that part or that one song, and he had worked on that very first night a song with Dalton. And I don't know if that was, I think that was about it. But yeah. you could see him. It was it was interesting because obviously he, uh, like you mentioned, he doesn't really ride a whole lot with anyone. So like him and working with somebody else was just, you could see him as just like that, the wall, if you're bouncing that tennis ball, you know what I mean? And just giving that feedback and, well, why don't you just try this? Why don't you go the other route? Why don't you go the exact opposite of what you're doing here? And maybe that says more and, you know, all that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's really handy. To have. <clears throat> Big time. That's Some- kind of what I did with <clears throat> Ross earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes that's a, it's a good point because a lot of the time to, I think when you kind of get fixed on an idea for a song, you know that most of the pieces are there and you also are, are aware enough of that the song's not there, you know, that it's lacking something. Sometimes it takes somebody else and it's really helpful to have somebody else that can point out like, oh, okay, well, when you get here, why don't you this little pre-chorus, you know, this couplet, why don't you make it a triplet or whatever, you know, not triplet, yeah, basically, you know, instead of playing it twice, play it three times, and then you have, you, sorry, you create more, like today, it's like, there's a part in the song where it's like, why don't you play this little riff three times, because then you create more space to allow yourself to say really what you want to say and set up that chorus, and it's, it's kind of helping, helping yourself get out of your own way in a lot of, you know what I mean? And getting out of your, the way you think about songs. That's why I love co-writing. I know a lot of people hate it, and that's a kind of a conversation that's... It's a whole other conversation. A whole other conversation. <laughs> I like it, too, because, um, you know, if you write songs long enough, you end up writing the same shit over and over. and Or you or structurally, it could be the same, or your phrasing might be the same. And having another guy just come in and be like, uh, why don't you just... Instead of singing it like this, why don't you sing it, you know, kind of think of it backwards or something. And it's just kind of cool to have that, like you are saying, bounce off the wall, get that yeah. feedback. Well, and I think that there's a lot of times where you're really, uh, you know, you feel inspired and you might crank out one by yourself in 15 minutes mm-hmm. that nobody else could have written, that that song is your song. Um, and for me, it's it's trying to, trying to kind of tap into that more, but also being pretty realistic when i'm not tapping into that of either putting down the guitar or getting somebody to help me with Mm -hmm. you know bring that idea to a co-write um i think probably that most songwriters you know i would love to write every song that i have by myself but i just you know and maybe i maybe i could and i know like i was uh it's that whole shafter thing like that how how do you know you couldn't have written it better by yourself Uh well on a lot of mine i'm like I've put in hours and hours on these songs that if I don't bring them into a co-write, I won't, I get so frustrated that I'll just, I won't touch them again. And that doesn't mean that the idea sucks. It means that 
I feel like at a point that I'm I'm You've beating exhausted. a dead horse. Yeah. Yeah. So. Me sometimes I end up getting like I started co-writing because um, it was for their record, not my yeah. record. You know, and they were like, mm-hmm. Brandon, come, let's write this song together, or help me out with this, or, or do you have any ideas? Because I need to make a record, <laughs> and that's where that started for me, and I kind of got hooked on it because um, people started putting more records. I think you're one of the first people I ever co-wrote with. Would that be Static? Yeah. Or which one? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd done a couple of co-writes before then, but that was nine years ago yeah. when we wrote that, and. uh when I do acoustic shows, I still play it out. I still think it's a, I think it's it's one of my favorite songs to play. I think I still Tom, remember that writing day. We went to uh, was it Richardson where we went? Rock something. We Rock went to Bridge, this little Rock town. Bridge. Rock yeah something started yeah. Not far from College Station. Right. It's like an hour away or something. We drove over. Brandon was doing a radio tour and uh, he was coming through College Station. He was staying at the house, and he was like, I got to go to this town. You want to jump in? So we did, and we get there, and it's a small town. Um, and the radio station, the um, hard drive had completely crashed, and it was in a situation <laughs> where they didn't have anything backed up. They had, they didn't really couldn't even have, anything. they couldn't do anything, and they didn't really have a lot of CDs either. Like they were kind of, they're kind of like well screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there was, they'd had like dead air for like a day. Like yeah, it was a whole it, day. Jeez. And so and we got in this deep conversation with the, with the, I guess he's the program the PD, manager, yeah, yeah. The program director, and it, he just. And he had cancer or something. Like he had, a, he was having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. And he was kind of going off on the, on the big, what is it, Clear Channel or the whoever mm-hmm. the big radio, whatever it is, and how it's encroaching on the smaller stations. It's, it's pretty, like that old deal, but yeah, it's it, pretty that, obvious that, you know, he had felt like, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's a ton of truth to it too. That that radio, it was important for that radio station to be running for the town, right? Because it and kind of, you know, it in whether a town's dying or, or growing or whatever, like when your listeners are pretty germane to that radio, like that, you know, that well, radio they, they station. They listen to it for the weather, for like that's right. the, the, anything local going on, the, the, the food drives for the yep. school or whatever, you know. Yeah. And so we stayed there longer than we would have had you done the interview. Honestly, we stayed like there a for like, of hours, yeah, I think, like or two longer. or something hours. And then we were just kind of talking about it. We were like, Man, it's kind of like it's it's kind of sad. We hope they get that kind of back up and run. We got back to College Station and uh, had the idea for for Static, and that was a fun ride. I still remember it pretty like pretty specifically. Yeah, me you know? too. Which is cool. That's kind of a good testament to. I think when when rights are really well or go really well, uh, I remember I rem- I can remember basically every second of them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true. Like uh, one of the. F- Funnest rides I had. You were there, Thomas, the one with Will Green at the 806. That's mm-hmm. one of the funnest little riding sessions I think I've ever had, just because we were just standing there around a cooler, just drinking and mm-hmm. knocking the song out. But, uh, you know, like there's a handful of people that are exciting to ride with, and Ross is definitely one of those guys. Well, Brandon's one Will, of those guys. Will Green is one of those guys. Yeah. Like you stand there, you don't like kind of. You get up, you know, and you're in the song. You don't sit there on a couch and hum and haw and whatever. Yeah. And like, I don't know. What do you think, man? <laughs> you know, all day. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of it, too, is being able to break down that wall 
like the wall that we kind of all have, because co-writing can be this really awkward thing if you don't. Basically, you have to be willing to maybe get in a room with somebody that you've known for five minutes and tell them your deepest and darkest shit sometimes. <laughs> or and it's like, that's pretty unnerving. You or know? say something that you think, this guy's going to think I'm a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, well, and then, you know, if somebody's in it in it with you, it's it's being able to, that strength is being able to take that of like, oh my God, I'm going to sound like an idiot. And that other person being like, okay, yeah, I see, I, I like that thought. Let's, let's run with that, but let's say it this way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or just like with with Will, it's like no. Yeah, <laughs> just say no. Like, All right, I think next what, thought. What makes uh, Will really really strong is most of the time he has a pretty strong inkling of what he wants, but he knows even more of what he doesn't want. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you know, and and Will said it before too. We both like we write better in threes. We just we always have, and uh, we've written a couple times by ourselves. And it's like, okay, but it, we're usually when we're in threes, like both he and I are like up and we're in it and we're, you know, it's like yeah. sometimes there needs to be like a referee of like <laughs> for, for <laughs> thoughts, but that's what uh, Will knows so much about who he is that he knows what he doesn't want to say in a song. Yeah. You know, seeing whenever you and Will, Brandon, were writing drink, uh, Drunk Again, like I think everyone knows Will is like a big kid. But in that moment of songwriting, he was, he was, it, it was like a, a five-year-old on, on a sugar rush. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and it was like, he was ex- super fucking excited about all of this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a cooler beer, a bottle of whiskey, a bottle of whiskey, a, and a, and and the and our imaginations were just kind of running wild because we're like, what, you know, I'm I'm sitting there on that big ass stage. Looking where all those people would be mm-hmm. pissing their pants, and like, what would right now in this moment, if that was full of people, what would you have to say, and how loud would you say it, and you know, how would you approach it? And it, man, I think it fired both of us up. Like, I don't know, man. It's that's a, that's touching on something that's pretty important too in rights is when both people are excited about it, you at least have something, you know. And it may not be something that anybody else wants to hear, but that's the first, I think, first kind of telltale sign of like, okay, we're at least on to something. If you have two or three people in the room or however many people and everybody can be like, you know, kind of high-fiving and like mm-hmm. you, it's almost kind of like that, a little adrenaline rush mm-hmm. because Brandon might spit out a line and then it feeds, you know, it just feeds it. And then you get going and then every, you're excited about it. And then if you can leave it right being really excited about what you've done, I think that is like that, and being able to get home and wanting to listen to it, you know, yeah. five hundred different times on your voice. Five hundred times. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. That Hell, we're like four for four of songs What's I'm the, excited about. Me and you. Or five for five. Yeah. We have oh. Star Catching Contraption. Oh. I love that one. That'll be on the next. That right was here. a fun ride too. I love that one. We worked really hard on a song that it what it, it was okay, you know, in that in right. That, yeah. And then uh, we got back to the house where we could just kind of relax. And then Star Catching Contraption was like, that was a, an hour-long ride. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. We Maybe. just sat on the porch and ripped cigs and, uh, you know, or yeah. I did. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> Static and um, Headed Up the Hill. Headed Up the Hill. That yeah. was with Wade Parks, too. That was yeah. my favorite dude. Yeah, we've been playing that live. Um, what else? There was another one, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, then we did one today. Yeah, that uh, one, I'm, I was ex- I'm excited about that one, too. I got, That's a rocker. I got two lines on it, man. 
No, I mean, I had this idea, and it just the song's not really at reinventing the wheel or anything, and it's just kind of a rock and roll song, but I, but I like it. And um, so I was rapping with Ron Colwell, and he brought something else to it. And then it was still like there's just something that it didn't feel like it was there yet, and I knew Brandon would get it. And that took 45 minutes or whatever. Still got to tell Ryan that you're on the song, too, which you <laughs> give shit anyway. But uh, that's one that I'm excited about. For sure. I'm excited about it just because uh, he doesn't know it, but I got to write a song with Ryan Colwell, too. Yeah. You know, I'm a fan. Yeah. Me, too. And I like, and personally, I'm a fan of Ryan. I think he's a really cool guy. I, I am, too. Yeah. Big time. Big time. I, he's uh, – when I first met him, it was just over – social media stuff and yeah. then you you start oh you're from the panhandle you're from perryton which is not unlike fort stockton or any yeah. small town in texas and uh you can tell like he's just a well thought out guy but like yeah. what i always love too when you're talking to him he'll always throw out i mean well i don't i don't know i mean he always like <laughs> second guesses himself, and you're like, no, no, that, what you said right there was fucking genius. Like, <laughs> when he had a, the first time I'd met him is when y'all come to the house in Nashville, yeah. and y'all were gonna do a podcast there. And Ryan showed up at the house. I'd never met him before, and knew a little bit about that last record. And uh, he showed up, and he had been like, he was, he was kind of already partying. Yeah. And what I didn't know is how close to moving back home that he was. Yeah. And. uh uh, it's just it's funny to look back now. He's a he's a good friend of mine, and I love his songwriting. But when he came to my house, I was like, "What is going on here? This is a, it's, it's like six o'clock in the afternoon, and this is the party." Yeah, he had a a, a plastic like like a, a bag you'd get from a grocery store, convenience store with like four four like a six pack of Tecate or something yeah. like just yeah. <laughs> half of them drunk and. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny, man. My kind of songwriter, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I was gonna ask though, that that high that you get off of when you finish a song, how does that compare to the high off of getting off like a really great stage, a great show? Like, what is there? It's like it's two different things. Yeah. For me. Mm -hmm. To me, it's uh, like when you play a really good show. Um, we were talking about that earlier. You know, like when when a show kind of couldn't have gone better it's kind of for me it's more of like a, a like a, a big exhale and a big sigh of like that felt really good now I feel like I can really relax and I have such a good time playing and I love being on on the stage I love you know being behind a band and just I love that feeling but the, the I like a feel I like the feeling even more of feeling like we had a really great set and the crowd was really into it and then it's like okay, we, we did our, we did a job, you know? Yeah. Um, but the songwriting, it's like kind of this, it, it's the creating side where mm -hmm. you just created something that didn't exist before and that you're really excited about it. And then I think part of that too is uh, the older I get, the more I realize that it's not super uh, <laughs> healthy for me to, to listen to that voice memo a hundred times. Cause then, right. if I, cause then it's like, I listen to it cause I'm excited about it. Then the next day I'm like, I start shooting holes in it. Mm -hmm. And that can sometimes be, I think a good writer edits, but I think there's a point too, to yeah. where when you're riding that, when you're riding that idea and you're really excited about it then, and it feels complete, then let it be what it is sometimes. Knowing yeah. when to 
no one when to say, you know, quit or not. When no and one to say done. For me, good. man, it's like the the show thing. It's uh, as soon as that's over, you would like that. Like, oh, thank God that went. You know, just like you wanted it to go. And then you uh, you go. Every, everything's great the rest of the night. The next day you wake up, and it's over. That's gone. That's in the past. Yeah. But you can still listen to that song you wrote yesterday. Yeah. You know, and and get some gratification. I'm like, man, it just seems to linger longer than a good show. Yeah. Because I can yeah. always go back and listen to that song, and in a, in that moment in time, and just pull it up and be like, there it is. Yeah. If, if you're proud of it. Yeah. You know, then that there's that sensation. I think probably though too. It's it's probably a pretty subjective answer because yeah. I'd wager to bet that there's a lot of people that put more stock into the artist side than the songwriting side, and to me, and that's one cool thing about uh, Texas and Lubbock specifically, is I didn't really grow up with. Like those those things were always kind of almost mutually exclusive to where you wrote song you were a songwriter and an artist and then you get to a place like um, Nashville where a lot, oddly enough there exists a you know a pocket of people that think that it needs to be one or the other yeah and it's it's kind of strange um, it's kind of strange but also realizing that too I think that there are I think that there are people that. It definitely enjoy the artist side or enjoy the songwriting side, you know, one over the other. Right. So. Yeah. You mentioned the whole, uh, you know, like listening to that song a hundred times and being able to pick out holes. You know, that's the, I think anyone who's an artist in any kind of way when you're writing, uh, you have to know when to put that pin down. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. because if you don't, you're. we all know somebody who, or y'all have like that one song idea or whatever that if you don't do it, if you don't put that on the pin, you're just never going to get anything done. You're never going to get anything out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's. I feel like I've underwritten songs before and I feel like I've overwritten songs before. It's to- totally. Finding yeah. that balance is you have to edit it. You have to mm-hmm. listen to it and you have to go through that. But you don't want to listen to that song. 500 times yeah. in two days and yeah. just you, it, it'll drive it, it'll make your thoughts just fucked up and weird and yeah. you don't make good song decisions that way yeah. Yeah. but if you kind of let it breathe and just he, like hear something or sing it in your head even you'll hear it I think I agree I agree and then you know, my favorite ones have kind of been more like you know when I when I kind of understand what the melody is going to be or the structure is going to be and being able to put down a guitar and just look at it on paper. Mm-hmm. Those have been kind of my favorites, to where I, it, where if it feels complete and I'm going line by line, um, those have been kind of my favorite ones. Is it weird? Have you ever put like tried to, like, taking a picture of your lyrics and tried different Instagram filters on them to get different moods? No, I, I did that one time. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like I had a piece of paper and I like put the blue filter on it. Like, oh, this is gonna be a sad song, you know? Like, oh, whoa, you know? Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I changed the mood of the lyric by like the filter. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, try what, did it, it work? Uh, yeah, it did. It actually worked. What filter it, did you use? Uh, it was Hefe. <laughs> <laughs> Have I heard the song? Mm, no. No? Are you going to play it tonight? I hope so. Cool. 
Will you let me know that that's the I will. I'll give you a heads up. Did you got to try, you know, there's no wrong way or right way to write songs. Ultimately, it's just you and your imagination and a, you don't even need a guitar. Yeah. You know, it's just you and whatever you can dream up. Yeah. And use whatever you can to get that. That's like, and then I wanted to say something. We were talking about the, the high you get when you're excited about the song in the writing session and you come out of it like, man, okay, I'm so fired up. That was such a good song. And the the write, the writing part of it was so fun, and you know, but there's this whole other side to it that I know Ross knows really well, and I know too is that when you don't get excited in a writing session, and there's that energy is not there at all, mm-hmm. but you have to finish this song. Yeah, like you know yeah. that right there to me is where the real professionalism and craftsmanship of songwriting comes. Sometimes in, it becomes such a war of attrition where it's just you're like. We got to get this done, but this is this is killing me. Killing you know? me. <laughs> I mean, man the the only the only song that I've ever had, you know, like a big hold on that's on the record. It was a six hour ride, and it was one of those that I just I felt like I was not strong that day mm-hmm. at all. Um, I wrote it with Benji Davis, who's a gr- he's a great songwriter. He uh, he did some on Will's yeah, record, Yeah, and when he produced Will's he produced um, record. But I, we wrote that song. I was like, I apologized to him after <laughs> we wrote it. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I just, we got, we got something. I just, I'm sorry. I, I just didn't, I don't feel like I was on my A game. And he, I remember, like, him looking at me and being like, what are you, I think, it's pre- I think it's a pretty cool song, man. Like, what are you talking about? And then we, <laughs> we demoed it. It got put on hold. And I was like. <laughs> and then I lived, and then for a long time, but that uh, that connotation of that, just my attitude kind of in it, like for a long time, I wasn't excited about the song mm-hmm. because I couldn't see it for, I could not see the song. All I, I, all I was feeling and seeing was a six-hour ride where I felt like I wasn't on my game mm-hmm. at all. You brain fried brain and fried. everything. So every time I play the song, I was just kind of in my head, I'm like, oh, this is that six-hour song that I just felt like I was, I had to put it down. And honestly, because uh, it was a long time before we demoed it, I had to put it down for like two months and not listen to it and then come back to it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. I think that this is pretty neat, you know? Yeah. It's that, you got to give those the space that you give the other ones, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I think it's worth noting that sometimes it's pretty healthy to finish songs and knowing that they're going to be turds, you know? <laughs> Seriously. It's – it. Like writing anything else. Um, because at least you know that you went there, you tried that idea out. And sometimes, you know, we have these ideas that we bring to the table that we, we're really excited about because they remind you of this or that or whatever. And then you start working on them and you're like, okay, maybe it's just either this is the wrong timing or maybe it's just not as a strong of an idea or maybe the, the, the idea is a little tired or whatever. Like, but it's worth kind of going there too and finding out for yourself and being able to be like, you know what? That song, I, I tried it and it's fine. On right. to the next one, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, we always talk about the, you can get an idea of a song anywhere, right? You can be walking down the street and see something. Um, but how long do you typically, like if you, if when it, once that idea comes up, do you think about before you even start actually writing you know what i mean like when you start thinking of the idea of what 
the idea is supposed to you get what I'm saying like I, I feel like with, with whenever for like when I'm writing something about somebody else a feature on somebody mm-hmm. I'll be thinking about what that narrative is for a while before I actually start writing on it uh, or I'll think of like oh this is a good description on this this and this right mm-hmm. how, how long does does that usually just like when you're doing just trivial shit doing the laundry doing you know washing dishes that that pops up in your head and you you're thinking on that how long does that simmer usually um, for me I don't, I don't know it, i usually just come up with like one line maybe two in my head and just like a turn of phrase maybe or something mm-hmm. and i'll let that kind of i'll kind of do it over and over and just kind of be the only thought in my head for a little bit and then I'll I'll put it in my notes and kind of flag it or something if it was a good idea and and I'll bring that out in like a writing session yeah and and then it, I don't really like to overthink the idea unless I'm just gonna write the song myself right. and I'll just grab a guitar and sit down with it and try to work it out but um if I'm gonna take it somewhere else um I'll keep that idea and then not constrain it enough to where like this is exactly what the song is about um unless unless i know for sure that that's what's going to happen but um i like to walk in there like with you know with ross and will and guys like that too dude we'll just pull we'll pull our phone and find that line and be like mm-hmm. what do you think about that and they're like eh, no or i love that it's you know it's one of the two or yeah um i don't know it's, it's various degrees of everything really I feel like for me, usually when I'm having ideas here lately, and by lately, you know, in the last year, I'm usually not anywhere close to a guitar, and I'm usually driving. So I pull up my notes, and then I kind of like sit on the idea for a second, try to kind of think it out. And it sometimes it's like, um, like you say, it's not fully thought out. It might be a line or um, a hook. I feel like or just even like a theme. Well, know. here lately it's been more thematic, and then I usually try to like do a couple sentences about like how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? Because it's it's I've done it before to where like I'll have a title, and then I'll pull it up and write. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know? So I've been trying to get to where it's like, okay, you know, whatever, you know, a table. If if the title is a table, we'll write where the table. You know, just try to explain out a little bit more. So. When I do revisit it, I know, you know, I can kind of bring myself a little bit, but you know, back to that instead mm-hmm. of it just be a title where I just, you know, <laughs> it's like, is that my shopping list or is that a, <laughs> or is that a title of a song? But that's kind of mine to where I, I try to want to, or I want to try to flesh out what I think about that idea. And then so I'll kind of, when I do go to flesh it out, whether it be by myself or with somebody else, I kind of have at least, an, you know. I don't know, and a little idea to, to back it up, support it. Yeah. I remember Jamie Lynn Wilson one time mentioned she had, like, uh, taken a photo of of an image that she wanted to write about. And, like, just was it ended up becoming a song. And then from that point on, she was like, I think I want to just take photos. I don't know if she's done it or not. But you know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. I feel like that has to be a better image than, than you go in. Yeah. Oh, what the hell yeah, is this dude, supposed to mean? Right. Yeah. Look, say there's no right, right or wrong yeah, way to yeah. do it. You'll take whatever you can get. I, I use Instagram filters. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that's the first gotta, time you've ever do heard anybody do. doing that. And I think that's incredible. <laughs> I think it's awesome. 
I got a, I, you know, I went to the store and bought one of those, uh, those big ass steels with all the crayons, you know, with like the 300 colors. <laughs> and I just all started the like color names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just did this recently and I, okay. I just recently started writing down my lyrics too. Like I've never written down any lyrics for anything. And I just try if, cause if I can't remember them, I feel like the song's not worth it anyway. So, but that's me. I'm weird, but. I finally started writing them down, and I started coloring my writing sheets with the different color crayons. And for whatever <laughs> reason, like I would think about the song while I'm just drawing little stick figures out of crayons. And but it, what I'll do whatever I got to do, yeah, you know, no, that's like awesome. to, to get some sort of, you know, something in my mind to help the song out. I used to, we talked about this before too, because I think a lot of times, or a couple times for sure, we've written. We didn't. I know we didn't write static down. Because that was the same way of, like, thinking about, like, oh, okay, you know, if, if you can't remember it, if you can't remember the verse, then it's, uh, then it's not worth, you know, the song's not worth writing or whatever. But at the same time, too, it's like when, I mean, shit, you know, it's like when you're, when you're writing a bunch and yeah. your brain is just, it feels like super tired most of the time. I yeah. can't remember what I, you know, it's like when I can't remember what I had for lunch, you know, <laughs> that's today, when you start writing everything. Down. Have to, yeah, I yeah. I used to not write anything down. Now I absolutely have to, or mm -hmm. I'll pull up the um, voice memos and I'll just kind of like sing a line or whatever. Voice memos are the best thing ever happened to songwriting. Yeah. I think. Oh, big time! But it's crazy because I'll go. I've gone back um, and like listen to just. It'll say like new recording and the date or whatever. Or new recording <laughs> fifty seven or whatever. You know whatever. It I know I have like one. seven on my phone that just says Ross. <laughs> 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 but I'll go back and listen to that, like these little ten-second long sink, trash, whatever it is, and uh, I'm like, when the hell did I do that? I don't remember. I don't remember where I was when I sang that. And it's usually like you can hear I'm driving, and it's like in the background, and it's, it's singing some <laughs> some melody of some words. Like, I don't remember doing that, but I'm glad I have it. I guess you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is like <laughs> the whole voice. Everyone mentions voice memos, but you always go like, did uh, you know, thinking about like McCartney or Lennon having their phone out and like, <laughs> right? They would have if they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They totally would have. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a funny image of of uh, <laughs> imagine or if Mozart or something. You know, <laughs> uh, if you think a little past that too, right. think of like if Roger Miller would have had a voice memo when he and he was still cutting songs like you know can't roller skate in a, in a buffalo herd. What crazy shit would have ended up on records had he been like, I have, I have this voice memo of yeah. this, and I'm going to pull this up, and I'm going to write a song about parakeets today. <laughs> Documented all his crazy ideas. Oh, that would be awesome. That would have been that would have been insane. Yeah. Did you? Do you guys know that Roger Miller was a firefighter up in Amarillo? No. No. Yeah. Go look on his Wikipedia page. He, he wow. was. He was. Uh, what I heard was like he he got fired because fire happened. He slept through the fire. Like, <laughs> which is kind of like <laughs> that would probably do it. <laughs> and sounds like a musician. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you guys want to go get a drink? Yes. Sure. You think sure. Furless is open on Sundays? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks for, for coming on. We'll Thank you, Thomas. Thank yeah. you, Thomas. Yeah, thank you.